Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Monday, August 17th, 2020. And before we get underway, my apologies for not having an episode up on Friday. I had the episode recorded. It was ready to go. And I just forgot to upload it. It was literally sitting there in my computer, ready to go. I had the file ready. I had the podcast file ready to go. And I just forgot to upload it. I forgot to hit upload. So the, it's still in the realm of the podcast world somewhere, just not in the realm of which we would all hope it would be. But that's okay. I mean, we really didn't miss much over the weekend, right? Just two games, no big deal. It's not like we had really anything to look forward to, except for the fact that we will be looking forward to a game five between the Golden Knights and the Blackhawks on Tuesday night. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you all had a good weekend. I am Danny Webster, your host, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode in which we will be looking ahead to tomorrow's action between the Golden Knights and the Blackhawks. Game 5 set for Tuesday at 7.30, broadcast nationally on NBCSN and broadcast locally on AT&T Sports Network. So here's the thing with these two games that happened over the weekend. And, you know, I think fortunately, first and foremost, the Golden Knights are very fortunate to be up 3-1 in this series. Because I'm not saying that they weren't the better team. Sunday indicated they were obviously the much better team than Chicago. Saturday was a little bit different because Saturday, for as well as Marc-Andre Fleury played, the Chicago Blackhawks left a lot of chances on the ice that could have swung the game in their favor. It's no secret and no accident that the Golden Knights have scored three goals through two games. Now, part of that has to do with the fact that Corey Crawford played out of his skull on Sunday night and made 48 saves on 49 shots. Had it not been for Crawford's play, Chicago would be well out the door uh, today, and we'd be talking about the Golden Knights on their way to the second round, watching other teams beat the crap out of each other before we figure out who Vegas is facing. But Corey Crawford played absolutely phenomenal, again, stopping 48 of 49 shots against Vegas on Sunday night. The night before, Crawford, again, played fairly well, um, but the Golden Knights were able to capitalize on a shorthanded goal from William Carlson and a goal from Patrick Brown, new fourth-line center Patrick Brown, as Tomas Nosek remains unfit to play. But Flurry did more than enough uh, to get the Golden Knights the victory and to go up 3-0. Game four, a little bit different. Robin Leonard did not see a lot of shots, but he still played well. He made big saves when he needed to. Just the two saves he needed to make, he did not. The second one in particular on the goal from Matthew Highmore, where he bounces it from the goal line off Leonard's helmet and goes into the back of the net. And already coupled with the fact that Drake Jula scored in the opening four minutes of the frame, there was really no recipe for comeback for Vegas, especially when they're putting on so many shots. The pressure was there all night. It was just they ran into a hot goaltender. Corey Crawford turned back the clock one more time, and he played out of his mind. He was simply spectacular. And really, I think we all went into this thinking that Corey Crawford was going to steal a game at some point in this series, whether it be one game, maybe two games. But if the Blackhawks were going to have any chance to even win a game in this series, it was going to have to be on their goaltender because they cannot get anything going offensively. Vegas has basically shut them down for the most part. Outside of that three-goal second period in Game 2, Chicago has done literally nothing in terms of generating offense. Vegas should be in the second round right now. 
They are not because Corey Crawford, again, had to steal him a game and very much did that. So really all you can do, if you're a Golden Knights fan, the only thing that you can do at that point is tip your cap because there's really nothing else you could have done in that situation if you're the Golden Knights to have won that game. You you put on so many shots. Maybe the worst you could have done, maybe if you were Vegas, was maybe play for the for the extra pass or play for the extra rebound or something. But Crawford did everything in his power to cover up, cover up everything that he saw, stop everything that he saw, and he put on a performance that you know gives really gives Chicago fans hope, knowing that even as he's getting older, he can still do things that led Chicago to two cups. Now get better talent around him and more seasoned talent around him. We probably be talking about a whole different ball game here, but Chicago did more than enough to win on Sunday, and they have set the stage for Game Five on Tuesday night against the Golden Knights. Now back to Vegas. I mentioned earlier that three goals through two games. Obviously, that's not a number that you'd want to see associated with this offense. There's a lot of factors in play here with this offense. One being Max Pacioretty's been in and out of the lineup. He's now played the last two games. The other thing about it now is that Paul Stasny being unfit to play has kind of put a conundrum on the center depth of this team. Primarily, I'm talking about that top line with Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, and Max Pacioretty because Chandler Stevenson has not been good. He has not been good in the in the last two games. He has three total shots in two games centering that line. One was on goal, one was blocked, and the other one was missed. The other one missed the net. That is not the production Chandler Stevenson should be having on that line. Stevenson has been getting ample opportunities to be a top-line player throughout the round robin and throughout the beginning of this series. So far, he has not been the producer that I think the Golden Knights were hoping for. Now, Unfortunately, with Paul Stasny being unfit to play, that has caused a conundrum in the top six because normally William Carlson should be centering the top line. However, would Chandler Stevenson be putting up that same kind of impact that he did earlier in the season on that top line? Would he be doing that with Riley Smith and Jonathan Marshall? The The answer to that is I have no idea. But if there's any indication of how he's played on the top line in the first couple of in the last couple of games... My guess would be no. I don't think he would. And that is unfortunate because the, the line of Carlson, Pacioretty, and Stone has been had been clicking before the pause, and they were going to be the line that was going to be relied upon to carry this team on a deep playoff run. You don't have that going because Stasny, your second-line center, has been unfit to play now, and now Tomas Nosek is being unfit to play. You're putting a lot of pressure on Chandler Stevenson, and right now he just hasn't been getting it done. The top six has not been scoring at the rate that it should be in this series. Part of that, again, Stazzing being hurt. But Carlson had that shorthanded goal on uh, on Saturday night and nothing else since then. Marshall and Smith, who had great games one and two, have been quiet in games three and four. And part of that may be having to go with Carlson again, but those guys have developed such good chemistry over the last couple of years that you feel like it shouldn't be an issue. But the top six has not been where it should be. Uh, the third line, however has probably been the best group on the ice for the Golden Knights in the last two games. I think Corsi-wise, Corsi the third line had an edge of 23-2 to 2 
according to natural stat trick, which is ridiculously amazing. And it's better than any other line that could have done. All three lines on Sunday had a Corsi of at least 61.9%. The only line that didn't was the top line. And the unfortunate thing about that was is that Pacioretty had five shots on goal. Four of them came on the power play. Stone didn't have a shot on goal until the third period. So something's got to change there. And I know Pete DeBoer is not concerned about the offense per se, and I wouldn't expect him to. You just lost the first game of a series that which you've been close to dominating in this series, and you're up 3-1. to one. So I don't think there's going to be any concern. Now, if they go back and they score one goal again and they lose game five, then I'm going to be a little bit concerned, and hopefully Stasny and Nosek get back in there because there's got to be something that they've got to do in order to offset what in the world they're doing, or at least to get Stasny back and figure out what to do with the bottom six. Um, but the third line was great. They were the best line out there last night, and I think they were probably the best line on Saturday as well. It's just very interesting to see how the Golden Knights will respond as far as getting that top six going. They need to get those guys going, especially if they want to win game five. The way that they played on Sunday especially Stevenson, you need more from him. He's very familiar with that group. They need to play a lot better. And if the Golden Knights want to avoid a scare of all scares, they're going to need to win tomorrow. So 7.30 puck drop tomorrow at uh, in Rogers Place at Edmonton. Again, game will be broadcast on NBCSN nationally. Locally, it will be on AT&T Sportsnet. Game 5 between the Golden Knights and the Blackhawks as the Golden Knights will have a second opportunity to shut the door on the Blackhawks. And a reminder, friends, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. You can send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com if you'd like to do that to get all your updates on all the shows, except when I forget to publish one and forget to put it out on Twitter. But you, you get the idea. Just follow the show on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter if you'd like. Send me an email. All of that is greatly appreciated. So it's really hard to come up with another topic for today as far as if the games were stagnated between three and four and we didn't have a back-to-back, we'd be able to break it up evenly. But the fact that I think we just broke down both games over the weekend, there's really not much we can say about this. But I want to discuss something that I think is imperative as far as the playoffs go forward. And it's the mantra of it doesn't matter how you win, just do it. And I think last night was the perfect example for that, how the Golden Knights put up 49 shots and could not beat Corey Crawford. Now, I mean, I mentioned Corsi earlier, and I, I like to somewhat dabble into advanced analytics. I'm trying to get more involved in the advanced analytics side in hockey in general. The fact of the matter is, is that when you get to this time of year, it really doesn't matter. All that matters is that which team can put, can put more goals on the board than the other team. And in, in actuality, when it comes to the game of hockey, that's really all it should be about. It shouldn't be about, you know, which line was better at this rate and this rate. I think if we can all watch a game, we can figure out which line is better than what line. We just use the advanced analytics as a springboard to further our argument. But I've never been one, especially when I started covering the Golden Knights back in 2017, I never thought to be the one to actually delve into advanced numbers because I never thought that it was actually something that was important. Now, I think it... In, in the grand scheme of things, when you're analyzing a team and you're trying to figure out what works best here and what works best there, I think at the end of the day, there's just a way to tie the analytics together. It just doesn't really make sense for me. 
again, I'm trying to do a little bit more of it now in my writing and in my in my uh, present present presentation, I should say, in this podcast. But to me, it's just what do they really mean? What do advanced numbers really mean come playoff time? What what does it mean when you have nine high danger chances, for example, and you don't score any? Because really, the only thing that should matter is that you win the game, you add to the win column in your ledger, and you eventually move on to the next round. Last night was the perfect case of that, because we could have talked all day long about how good this line was, how good this line was. Real, realistically, with the exception of the, four, of the top line in the first period, all four lines were good last night. All three D pairs were good last night. Everything that happened last night should have pointed to the Golden Knights winning that game and moving on to the second round. It's just this time of year, things can happen. Even Pete DeBoer mentioned it last night. There are times you run into a hot goaltender. There are times you run into hot special teams, and you need something to bounce your way. And last night for the Blackhawks, Corey Crawford turning back the clock bounced their way. Now, I can also look at the numbers, not not even need to be advanced numbers, and I can also look at how the Golden Knights' power play has been abysmal through this series. 0 for 9 now in the playoffs on the power play. It, it makes no sense how that team with so many uh, scoring threats can be limited to zero, play, zero power play goals and allow one shorthanded goal. It really makes no sense to me. Now, with Patch Ready back, maybe you get that get that extra boost on the power play, but the problem is Patch Ready's been quiet through three games now. And you got to wonder if part of it is still he's dealing with that minor issue that kept him out for the last week of camp, or you just or just, he's just getting back into form because he hasn't played in five months. And unfortunately, given the current time frame of where we are, and where we are in the playoff hunt, and where we are in the season in general, there is no time to sit back and hope that uh, you can round in the form quickly. You have to be in form right away if you're going to make a playoff run, which is why the Golden Knights' depth has been so important, which is why even when you look at the advanced numbers, you can tell the third line, they finally had, I think the third line finally has a combination for the first time in three years that works. Now, again, what whatever happens going forward, when Stasny comes back, whether you put Stevenson and Cousins with Tuck, or you put Cousins with Wah and Tuck, or, or you put uh, Stevenson, Wah, and Tuck together, whatever you w- think, I think the third line has a combination there. And I really don't need advanced numbers to tell me that they've been that good. Which is why, you know, I think in the grand scheme of things, if you're looking for a trend, advanced numbers is important. Just I don't think in the playoffs it matters. And last night I thought was the most perfect example of that because at least the Golden Knights should have had six, maybe seven goals on the board. But I don't need high danger chances. I don't need Corsi to tell me that watching a game, the Golden Knights should have had at least six or seven goals on the board last night. They were that dangerous. They were peppering Crawford all night. They were really giving Leonard really a big break. The only problem was those two goals that Leonard allowed. And the first one, I mean, you can't really do that. The second one, Probably wants back because that really should not have happened. And Leonard probably played too deep into his crease in order to make a play there. But I mean, this time of year, I think you throw numbers out the window. You throw numbers out the window. You know which team is better than the other team. You know which team should advance. You know which team has been playing better. And at the end of the day, you can look at that through an eye test and come to that agreement. 
So I think this time of year, our advanced numbers fine. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they can springboard an argument. It's just when people, I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody that relies heavily on advanced numbers. I'm not doing that whatsoever. I, I just believe that if you are so immense of watching the game and depending on advanced numbers to firmly get your point across, I think that is where the disconnect is for me. Because I can just look at a scoreboard and go, okay, well, the goalie's playing well here. I don't really need to know how many shots they've had in the crease unless I watch the tape back. And I can I can decipher for myself where exactly the problems lie, whether the shots are coming from the point, whether they're coming from the slot, whether they're right in front of the crease. I can I can determine that as I'm watching the game. But I don't need advanced numbers to further my argument for that. And there, and there are people that do that. And I'm not, again, I'm not criticizing anybody that does that just for me, they don't work as well. And I think for me still trying to understand the advanced analytics game, it it becomes kind of a complex situation. So, I mean, to me, we're going to, we're going to see it tomorrow. I, I think when we watch this game tomorrow and we watch how the game unfolds, we're going to know right away, who should win this game? It's going to be very determined in the first 20 minutes. No matter who starts in net for Vegas, whether it be Leonard or Flurry, the Golden Knights are probably going to come out with the same game plan that they did for game four, and they're probably going to win. Because nine times out of 10, if you have a goaltender that stops 48 out of 49 shots for two games in a row, you're likely going to be forcing a game six. I don't think that's going to happen because we've seen the way that the Golden Knights play. We've seen how they peppered Crawford last night. We've seen that they probably should have gotten multiple, many goals on him. And that really is all the determination that we need to ensure that the Golden Knights should be moving on tomorrow. But again, it's why they play the game. And very much so, Corey Crawford can come out tomorrow and have a 36-safe shutout and put the Golden Knights on a world of pressure only up 3-2 going into a game six on Thursday. That could very much be the case. Do I think that's going to happen? No, because I think Vegas has been the better team through four games, and they showed last night that they can control the game, they can control pace, they can control tempo, they can absolutely control the shot chart, and that's really all you need this time of year. So be very interesting to see how Vegas handles this. Uh, I wouldn't call it adversity, But I would call it as, okay, you let them have one, don't let them have two. And if you let them have two, you're in a little bit of trouble because then you give all the confidence back to Chicago. And again, the fact that we're talking about this, I think we need to have this discussion because if it were a regular playoff series and if you had, you know, a couple days off here and there in between travel and whatnot, it wouldn't be as worrisome, but now that everything is condensed and every win matters in this situation, you cannot give Chicago life. You cannot give Chicago hope that they can win another game and force the game six. And if you force them to win game six, then you have a game seven and then everything can just go to hell in a handbasket. And you don't need this team after what happened last year to even get remotely close to a game six or a game seven. You've got to put them away. And based on what we saw last night, just by eye eye test, the Golden Knights should be able to do that tomorrow without question. All right, we'll do one quick look around the league before we get out of here as we go to the current scoreboard. The Tampa Bay Lightning have two goals in the second period. They are putting the pressure 
on the Columbus Blue Jackets in game four, which is sad because I want to see the Blue Jackets make a run, but I think uh, that game one might have taken more out of Junus Corpusalo than I think we would like to anticipate. Uh, two goals on 10 shots for the Lightning. Who knows? By the time this podcast goes up, Columbus will tie the game because that usually is what happens. Uh, the Capitals lost to the Islanders 2-1 to last night in overtime. The Islanders up 3 nothing in the series, and I think they're done. I think the Islanders are just punching them in the mouth, and and Barry Trotz is the absolute kryptonite of his former team. The Dallas Stars with a big-time win last night over the Flames, 5-4 to in overtime. Uh, Joe Pavelski with a hat trick, tied the game with 11 seconds left uh, to prevent Calgary from going up 3-1, which I think Vegas would have loved to see if they had wrapped up their series. Uh, but Dallas ties the series at 2, Alex Radulov with the game winner in overtime. And all of a sudden, I don't know if this is a one-game trend or if this is a thing that's going to happen, but the Stars' offense erupted for 62 shots last night, and they had five goals. So we'll see if that does anything for Dallas's offense going into Game 5. But, I mean, so far it hasn't been consistent. So for all we know, Cam Talbot can go out in Game 5 and just dominate, for all we know. The Flyers get the Game 3 victory over the Canadians 1-0 a day after the Canadians shut them out 5-0 in Game 2, uh, or two days before, I should say. Uh, Canadians are hanging around, man. They are hanging around. If they can find a way to get more shots on goal and to defeat Carter Hart, they're going to make a series out of this, and they're going to scare Philly a little bit. I still think Philly wins, obviously, because they're the much better team, the much deeper team, but the young, scrappy Habs are not going away. And the St. Louis Blues, a big-time 3-2 victory over the Canucks in overtime. Braden Shen with the winner in overtime to get the Blues on the board and for at least a moment stop the scare that is the Vancouver Canucks who won the first two games of this series. And if we want to even go back to Saturday, uh, the Bruins and the Hurricanes, Boston won game three, 3-1, obviously the whole thing with Tuka Rask. Um, I don't know if I should be the one speaking on the whole situation about Tuka Rask because there's, I'm not a locked-on Bruins person, but um, very unfortunate situation for Tuka, and I hope his family is okay, and I will leave it at that. Uh, but the Bruins did get a big win over the Hurricanes on Saturday. The Coyotes with a 4-2 victory over Colorado. Um, the Col- the uh, Arizona Coyotes are undefeated wearing the Kachina sweaters, and that's all I need to say about that. So... Game four, I would be very hesitant if I were Colorado just because they're going to wear the Kachina sweaters. And the Lightning also won 3-2 to two on Saturday against the Blue Jackets to give them that 2-1 to one lead. And it looks like the Lightning are going to go up 3-1 unless a collapse of epic proportions is had. Um, Avalanche and Coyotes, puck drop is at 2.30. Bruins and Hurricanes do game four at five. And Blues Canucks will play back-to-back with game four at 7.30 tonight. So again, tomorrow, game five between the Golden Knights and the Blackhawks will be on NBCSN. It will also be carried on AT&T Sportsnet. 7.30 puck drop. The Golden Knights will once again try to end this first-round series and move on to the second round. We will be back probably tomorrow night, maybe, depending on how things go. It's going to be a crowded house here for a little bit. Um, but depending on how the game goes tomorrow, we'll either do a post game pod on Wednesday or we'll do a pregame pod Tuesday, or we'll actually do a post game pod late Tuesday night, or we'll do a pregame pod and get you the post game on Wednesday. That is the plan. As long as I remember 
to actually upload the podcast and make sure that it, it's actually uploaded and ready to go. So that will do it for me today, everybody. Thank you for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing, all of that jazz. Playoff hockey is back. It is a fun time. I hope you all are enjoying the hockey even in the bubble, uh, the NHL announced today that, once again, another round of testing, over 5,000 tests administered, no positive tests had. So, so far, so good as far as the bubble is concerned in determining this year's Stanley Cup champion. And the games have been fun. The series have been fun. And we, sh- we should all be excited for the hockey that's going to come in the next few days. So... We will see you guys tomorrow in some capacity. I'm not sure yet, but we'll definitely see you tomorrow. Until then, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and I will see you on Tuesday, either in the morning or at night. I don't know. Have a good day, everybody.